0: Give it to you go give it to you X. go give it to you go give it oh! Hi Thank you for tuning in since the last time we did an episode, a uh, fly became the most important thing on social media and I'm sure that you looked at it and looked at memes and told friends about it, but that's in the past now and now you're watching this and I really appreciate it because uh, I have two really great guests on today. Uh, a friend and a stranger who is now, I consider you a dear friend now. <laughs> you just moved here recently, right? I did. And then you're literally here as a friend visiting in Austin. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so. Nailed it.
0: Before I introduce you, I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I got some rapid fire questions that I want to ask you and then we'll take it from there. Cool. Okay. Name?
1: Uh, Sarah Foreman. Age? 32 as of last week. Woo! I you know. made it. I know. it looked we great, Uh were worried. <laughs>
0: uh, place of
1: birth? Uh, New Orleans, Louisiana.
0: Favorite horror movie villain?
1: Oh man. Um, the Shining, Jack Nicholson, The Shining. Okay. That's yeah. a good one. Gotcha. I watched the trailer for it the other day for the first time. It's freaking terrifying. <laughs> Wait. You Did you any- see the movie? I have never seen the trailer though. The oh, movie okay. <laughs> is a- nightmares. There's what nightmares made of, but the trailer is just like elevators opening and blood coming out yeah, slowly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting how much shatter. trailers have
0: changed yeah. since the 70s or even since the early 2000s, because even yeah. back in the 2000s, it was still the, in a world, yeah. one girl stands up against <laughs> corporate America. Least favorite Jersey Shore character.
1: The short one. What's the girl's name? Snooki. Snooki.
0: And a one line synopsis of the movie Titanic.
1: Um, Not something you should watch in the third grade like I did. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: steamy
0: car scene all right good job uh name
2: laura papa age 31
0: place of birth
2: new orleans louisiana
0: love it favorite musical
2: <gasps> mm, um that is so tough Maybe uh, hard between wicked and there was one that i've seen i, I witnessed one in London that I thought was beautiful, and it was, I think it was like School of Hard Rock. It's because she hasn't remember. seen Hamilton yet. I oh. haven't seen Hamilton, and it was a big discussion last night. I'm going to be watching it before the end of this weekend. You're, you're
0: just reassessing your life uh, yeah. and figuring out what's I've wrong with to. it, but you haven't seen Hamilton yet. It was so. a big
2: force too, yeah.
0: Uh, I saw Wicked in London, and I'm not a big musical guy, but that was just kind of a like when in Rome type thing, and that was the play that was currently featured. I specifically went there wanting to see American Psycho, the musical, which doesn't sound like that would be a good idea, right? I don't Have you seen American Psycho?
2: I've seen the movie. Yeah. He, yes. Yeah.
0: So they made a musical out of it. Seems like a bad idea, right? <laughs>
2: right? I have so many questions. And
0: then it's scored by Duncan Sheik. Uh, he, he's the one hit wonder barely breathing, <laughs> okay. I barely yeah. breathing. but he's actually a, a super prolific guy and he scored three musicals. Each of one Tony awards and I love him and I'm not for musical reasons. So I need, I need like a reason to get into a musical cause I've never liked like guys and dolls in Oklahoma, like sunshine and rainbows and puppy <laughs> dolls. Yeah. I've, I can't get on board with that, but things like Chicago book of Mormon, Hamilton, and, and I have to admit, I was judgmental uh, on the surface of Wicked at first. And then I listened to some of it. and I was like, oh, this is this has kind of like a dark It gives
2: you that other side. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. And then seeing it in a theater that's built for the play is just kind of takes it to absolutely. Whole level, so.
2: I haven't seen Book of Mormon yet and Chicago as well. And those were two in the top musty. So I will hope to put those on that list. So they're
0: musties. But
2: yes, have to I see. have to, I can't dedicate that and say i absolutely love it just yet because i don't know
0: all right we're gonna get back to that in a second but one line synopsis or no uh least favorite sex in the city character
2: oh my gosh perfect timing carrie we just <laughs> I, did a, I
0: did a deep dive on both of you before this as i do with all of our guests and i went through your social media and your trash which i know is inappropriate <laughs> but i needed to get a firm understanding of who i'm talking to uh, so. truthfully
2: it's got to be miranda for me i mean i have a Carrie is whiny. We have made that discussion and point valid in our in our conversation earlier about an hour ago. <laughs> but Miranda, to me, is annoying as well. Um, and there are reasons. Being, I think, it's also because I'm a, a fellow redhead, and mm-hmm. that that is she doesn't always, represent your people well. Well, we just I don't like the stereotype. I Don't I? don't stereotype with others. So I would hope that it doesn't stereotype with me, but alongside like, I don't have a soul. So I, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I can, I can definitely relate to the South park side of things, but when it comes to sex in the city, I I don't know. I don't know.
0: So with a show like that, where um, I'm older than both of you, but even when that show was in its prime, like the new episodes were coming out, I was still on the younger side of things, but I could even tell that in the moment it was influencing pop culture or even just like inserting slang words or certain like sexual topics would like like really rise to the top. If it was something that was featured on the show in a similar way that, you know, friends or Seinfeld would do that, but without censorship. So do you think, do you actually think that there was something that that show was doing to propagate any kind of actual redhead stereotype?
2: Absolutely. That and the cosmopolitan. I mean, as far as the cocktail world goes, they have stereotyped, what women drink and how New York lives and what women do as far as. you Cosmopolitan, the magazine. The Cosmopolitan cocktail.
0: Oh. oh, I mean, That
2: is like Cosmos. the staple cocktail. That's yeah. the staple cocktail for. Oh, you're, you're saying
0: Miranda. It, it,
2: Miranda in general. For what I. Fuck <laughs>
0: Miranda. Yeah. I'm like, I don't official. even want to talk
2: about Miranda. <laughs> Oh, no, as far as Miranda goes, I think it was definitely alongside the, she seems a little crazy and a lot of people say, oh, she's got red hair. She's got to be crazy. No, I, I, then she settled down with this baby, but then she still had that other side of crazy. It was like a new level of the onion that you, the new layer Mm, that you've peeled away. Yeah, exactly. So there's, there were just different layers that I've noticed that they've personified as far as redhead goes. Interesting. And they put it all in the Miranda character and then developed it into public.
0: Do you feel like when you watch a show like that that you're even you understand that it's fiction but do you feel like those are at its core real people do you feel like those characters in a show like that are based off of real people?
2: No. Yes no. and no. I think they've done a lot of people watching sure. and definitely among their popular crowd, but I I don't know. I I feel like they have taken a bunch of generic stereotypes and culminated it into one. They've just taken and compiled them into one big lump.
0: But do you like the show?
2: No. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> you're,
0: but, but enough, you're familiar with it and you've watched it. I,
2: I am familiar with it, yes. Did,
0: but did you feel obligated to watch it because it was, well, then wh- why did you watch it if you don't like it? I guess that's my, that's my know,
2: question. No, it's one of those things where if your friends are all together and they want to watch it, I have no problem watching it. And it's great. It's great. Oh, it insight. sounds like you do have a problem. Watching. You have to mm-hmm. stay on top of things, you know, and you, you got to know <laughs> the lingo.
0: That is, true. that is true. Okay. Good to know. So uh, that brings us to the beginning of our show. So Sarah and Laura, thank you very much for being here. You guys are officially the fourth mind meld guests. So just as I was explaining downstairs when we were having this delicious mezcal that we're going to talk about more in a little bit. <laughs> but my focus for these mind meld episodes is is more talking about just general living in Austin and like your social life and your dating life and things like that. And I thought it was particularly interesting having you on Laura because and I'm going to typically something I don't like from theater is people say each other's names while they're talking to her. each other. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think if you do that in normal life, it would come off as horrifically condescending Laura. Right. If I'm looking at you, Laura, and I'm saying your name, it's like, yeah, I fucking I know that you're talking to me, <laughs> but. I'm also just cognizant of the fact that we're filming this and recording it at the same time. So just for the benefit of the listeners, I'm going to be saying your names a lot.
2: Totally. And I respect that. Because and maybe that
0: wouldn't bother you. It would bother <laughs> the shit out of me if I would, just even when I hear that in plays, I'm just like, okay, we get it. Dude, there's only two people on stage. We know who's being talked to. Anyways, so I think your story is particularly interesting because you recently moved here. We just met 30 minutes ago. Sarah, I know you from kind of an interesting circumstance. We were basically brought together through advertising And through an agency that's in New Orleans. Yeah. So we're going to get to that too. But I want to start, Laura, with your... Why don't you give me the elevator pitch of how y'all know each other and then bring that up to current day of what brought you to Austin, especially during a pandemic.
2: Oh, okay. So, Sarah and I met through high school friends. Uh, we went to different schools. I went to public. She went to private. And this is in New Orleans? This is in Southeast Louisiana. Not New Orleans? Not New Orleans. It was across the lake in um, St. Tammany Parish.
0: Across the lake. So something I learned recently is that, um, not recently, but I, I used to work for Evinrude. They do out- outboard motors. And I've I've been in New Orleans I don't know, two dozen times or something and it's easy to think as an outsider and i apologize it's easy to think because it's on the water and because you have this perception of you're in a pretty much a different world that that is as south as it gets <laughs> and then i started working with the swamp people like Kevin the show. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and i went to morgan city yeah i think 90 miles south oh, the tip yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so and that's like the fucking bayou, and it was a re- it was a really interesting experience. So anyway, oh, yeah. so but when you say across the lake, what lake are you referring to?
1: Lake Pontchartrain. It's <laughs> the suburbs. We live in. The, we grew up in the suburbs of New Orleans. Perfect. Okay. Right?
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. Okay, and please continue. We so Sarah was known to actually have some really great parties when her parents were out of town, and you know not to divulge anything that she might get in trouble for, but. Uh, I think it was a lot of fun because I, we had a very similar style and I, I didn't know Sarah, but a lot of people who were friends with Sarah, that I was friends with, they're like, "Oh, you're the Sarah Foreman, you know, you're you're the Covington Sarah Foreman." And I never Ooh. got that; I never understood oh, what, what is this it is like meant.
0: Prison rules? Did you beat up the biggest person <laughs> in the <laughs> like yard? The
2: yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing a, a story that you may not knew. Seventeen <laughs> year old me, yeah. wow. way to go! Okay. I finally got to meet her at her one of her house parties, and one it was really nice, nice because I I met her, and she was just automatically like butter, like the nicest thing ever, and it was easy, just. Super great to talk to her. A shining and, endorsement. Yeah. And then we didn't really talk after that for a little bit. What then we went to college. No, is no, high I, school. Mm, no, there was we, maybe we still weren't so friends. Buddy. That's <laughs> what I'm picking up. Not so much of that butter, now yeah. more salt. <laughs> uh we actually just because we didn't necessarily have like in high school, it was different. We oh, And, had you, and different you went dynamics. to different
0: schools? We did. We okay. went to
2: different schools, so it was a lot more different. Yeah,
0: there. that's hard to Once you go to maintain. the same
2: school, which we did when we went to LSU, it was completely different. Coincidence? Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I would say yes.
0: Is it popular? I think it's popular probably in any state for people to go to like their state school, but specifically in Louisiana, is there like a sense of pride mm-hmm. around that? Is there like a real desirable like... A lot of people want to go to LSU. Yeah, so
1: there's actually a program in in Louisiana. I'm not sure if it's still around, but when we were- Not your body.
0: Bring the mic closer to you.
1: So when we were um, graduating, there was actually a program in Louisiana that it was essentially if you made like all right grades, you kind of got into LSU for free. And so it was like, well, you know, we're going to go to college for free and then we're going to like get really into football culture and not go to class because it was for free. So yeah, that kind of-
0: Explain okay grades.
1: You know, if you showed up, you kind of got okay grades in the North Shore in Covington, uh, where we grew up. Uh
2: Yeah, let me preface: I went to the public school. I had, I was in AP classes, and I purposely did not do the reports and whatnot in my last senior year project to prove that I would pass. And she still gave me the lowest A possible. I was like, either you really like me or this is, this is a discussion that needs to be had with the school board.
0: So I'm (laughs) assessing you in like real time, just so you know, as I would with anyone, but since you're on the show and we're doing like a deep dive into you. And again, I just met you 30 minutes ago, but I can already tell that we have some connective fiber (laughs) here. So I I graduated with honors uh, from high school. And do you, did you have age majority in high school? I'm sure it's probably named other things in other places, but when you're 18 in your senior year that you can like act as your own parent. So like you can show up with a Dave was sick note signed Dave.
2: Oh no, you do that! No. Amazing. Okay.
0: So we had that. I mean, it requires your parent or parents approving it in the first place. <laughs> and my mom was fucking rad. So she did. I skipped. So I, in, in my senior year, you can set up your schedule. So I had it that I had two study halls, my first two hours, and then I had independent study, which um, you could do in any topic. And I did it in music, and I was creating my opus which I had already created before the semester started and I was like I'm gonna go work on this and then fourth hour I had the early lunch so I didn't show up until the fifth hour of high school for 180 days straight and every single day I showed up with Dave had a tummy ache signed Dave and I still graduated with honors but but two days before graduation the I don't know truancy officer or whatever found me in the hallway and grabbed me and she's like I could have you fucking expelled for this level of abuse I was like you just can you just check the check the grades real quick like just by what criteria you know, do you have to pass? In a, in a similar sense, I, uh, my capstone, did you have ca- a capstone class in college? <laughs> my capstone teacher failed me on the grounds that she assessed me as is that I didn't care. The work was fine. I did everything that I needed to do, but just her general assessment that was substantiated in no way that you don't care. So she failed me, mm. which would have resulted in me redoing my senior year. But it went up to the dean. It was a whole thing. But anyway, I'm just saying, <laughs> There's a little bit of like an yeah. intellectual rebel thing that I'm getting from you that I yeah, feel like so we Yeah, I did a
2: lot of things, especially during my senior year, just to prove a point. do uh,
0: you like def- punch a cop?
2: Oh, no, but
1: I <laughs> That <did>. wasn't <laughs> until later. <laughs> was yeah, funny. I was yeah. like, that is a definite we'll we'll yeah. later story. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, There are things that have happened with cops or on cop cars, but not like with physically, not physically with them. It was, you, don't worry, groups like of friends. A, like a
0: Beyonce video? <laughs> like,
2: yeah running out on the streets and falling on my knees busting my knees open in front of a cop car that was in the middle of driving and sure. almost run me over situation. Um I love
0: it. Yeah. You're wearing a very lovely uh, pantsuit was that Thank a, or, you. or a jumper romper? Jump,
2: jump romper I jumpsuit? I don't even know. That's a good question. Is
0: it so for those listening it's just it's a just a a lovely kind of springy array of different uh floral arrangements and colors and uh but is it in the inside is it lined is there something in the knees? to like protect you because you've learned from your previous transgressions that at any point in time you just get wild and end up skinning those knees or are you just risking it?
2: Well, I mean, now in about a week, my tailor will have those installed. Oh, good. <laughs> so, good, good. Is so that the first with thing that you did ge- when you moved here is get a new tailor? Genius idea. Mm-hmm. Yes, actually, I do need to find a tailor. That Love is it. my number one thing. I have an in- great timing. Again, We have um, I have a sack of clothes that are uh, going to the laundry, which I almost gave the tailor my, uh, my pets. So they, they good story. Good story <laughs> in here. Your, pet, your pets. So I have two bunnies mm. and, um, they crawled into the laundry bag that I was bringing to the tailor. This was literally two days ago, three days ago. And I just ran a quick errand And I was putting everything in the car and I remember picking up the sack and I was like, wow, I didn't realize I had this much stuff. It was heavy. So I just swung and threw it into the car and, you know, ran those errands in the middle of the heat and went back home, had a call, took care of that, got ready to leave again. And I was going to give them their midday snack couldn't find them for over an hour. And I had to retrace my steps thinking about what was strange or different that day. And I remembered the laundry bag. So I ran to the car in the garage, opened the door and ripped open the bag. And there they are just hanging out. (laughs) Over half of my stuff is chewed whole. yeah much bigger holes than anticipated. So the tailor's got a lot more work on her hands, but-, but that's or his salvageable? Hands. Uh, you know, that's a good question. We might have to get creative, maybe make it a Mardi Gras outfit. It's, sure. She's also acting like she wasn't like losing I her cool. Sobbing. Well, I
0: was Yeah, I
1: would think They're so. They're my therapy
2: pets. You know, I didn't really know. At first, I never expected to get bunnies. They were party favors, but that's not supposed to be derogatory towards them either. No, it,
0: but explain that. <laughs>
2: So I have a teammate in the Houston area who I I stayed with her and her family and they live by a beach. And so, um, you know, they have this piece of land where they raised all these animals and her youngest daughter actually breeds bunnies. She would always ask me, she's like, you want a bunny? You want a bunny? I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't want a bunny. Why would I, no, they're smelly, they're not, they're like ferrets. She would laugh at me and I'm like, okay, this is not a joke to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm, preparing to get myself an English Mastiff. And she was like, no, you're not. You're in a 650 square foot apartment above a garage. That like, was honestly you know, your plan? Yeah, that's I it. wanted one. So That's my, it's still a life goal. Like I need an English Mastiff in my life just to okay. make sure that I know I can handle the responsibility. Gotcha. It's just one of those things. Sure. Um,
0: that would not have worked in a It wouldn't.
2: Studio, <laughs> I've scenario. gotten turned down twice, by the way. For them. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, just because of the, the body mass of them and my, me, they just, they were like, that's not going to work. You oh. need a body leash. <laughs> but um, yeah, so one day this over the weekend, I I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden four tiny baby bunnies sat on my chest and there was one very little one that just came up and put his nose on mine and I couldn't help it. I was like, okay, I have to take this home. I have to take him home. <laughs> and then a few weeks go by and I knew with my traveling schedule that you know he would eventually be lonely, so I decided to adopt his sister. And of course, mm-hmm. having a brother and sister is very concern, a uh, very concerning situation sure. with bunnies, especially. Uh, so immediately had to get them spay and neutered. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was interesting. But Big Chief and Big Frida are fine now. Are, are They're Big Chief and Frida. Big Chief and Big Frida.
0: And with rabbits, is it? Uh, and I guess I don't know this about most animals. Is it typical? Uh, basically, inbreeding is that common?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. And it's just, you know, if you're not smart about it, if you want to control that, Uh then absolutely. Yeah,
1: you have to (laughs) take those measures and be smart about it. When Laura, we have a group text message with all of our friends. There's five of us in this group text message, and Mm. it's lasted for since 2011 when all five Mm. of us lived together in this big shitty house in New Orleans. Um, Yeah, our our group text message. So Laura one day was like, you guys, I got rabbits. And like most friends would be like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why did you get rabbits and it all this? is while stuff.
0: you're living with the four other people?
1: No, this was oh, like okay. very, pretty recently, like in the last year or two. Gotcha. Um, okay. But we, we, you know, we got this message years later. We've yeah. been friends for a long time and no one batted an eye. We're like, of course, Laura got rabbits. Like, here we are, Laura, Laura has <laughs> a
0: couple of rabbits. Like, and they're cute as hell. <laughs> so college, you guys live together.
2: Yes. Yeah, uh, so sorry. We actually no, right, got no, well how this, this off is how of this that. Always works. Again, I told you downstairs <laughs> I have an
0: agenda. We'll get to two things on it. It's fine. But so bring us to the Austin chapter.
2: Oh, okay. So I actually moved over to Texas because I started teaching myself about wine. And I was bartending at the Roosevelt Hotel and um, you know, working over there, and I met my former coworker who actually recruited me to work for this international wine company. And then they eventually transferred me over to Houston and I became their retail account sales manager for the state. And, um, you know, moving forward, moved over to what our industry calls, quote unquote, the dark side, which is the spirits industry. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) (laughs) But it is a lot of fun. Um, I work for an incredibly wonderful company on an Particularly great division. Uh, there's 12 of us in the nation that I couldn't be more proud of. Uh, we're really, I, I I take pride in the fact that we're we're the dorky ones. We're really geeky, and it's okay. In terms of your
0: craft and, and the industry. in terms of like, our okay. industry,
2: and and so this kind of goes back to what we were talking about. We notice on the the sales side where there's just numbers. They want to crunch their numbers, hit mm. those numbers, and they're just they're blank faced. That doesn't sure. matter. Anything else is outside of that. Yeah. For just, us, real quick, you
0: just get this a little bit closer to your mouth.
2: For us, it's a little different. Mm. We want to dive deep into that. We want to understand the origins of our industry, and we also understand that our industry is more or less an art and not necessarily just about crunching numbers and making that money uh, like every other person would in the sales side. Sure. So that is why we intertwine with our sales teams, and we urge them to... To, to embrace the geekiness, embrace the sure. nerdiness and understand, you know, the intricacies of.
0: But you're like behind the scenes. So do you feel like there are, do you feel like <laughs> that level of attention to detail and the history and the and the crafting and the aging and everything? Is there particular spirits that you think either consumers or uh, liquor stores or bars and restaurants, like are there types of spirits that you think people are more inclined to give a shit about understanding the history behind it as opposed to like, Oh, I know Jack Daniels. I know that name. We'll get a we'll get a fucking case of that.
2: That's actually where the balance of salespeople and us come into play because you actually have to look at the consumer trends yeah. to see what's trending right now. And, of course, for the past five or so years, agave spirits, mostly tequila, has been in the upward trend and the number one um, in demand as far as that goes, but then whiskey and vodka too. So people are – what we've noticed, the consumer trends – are that people around our age profile um, are really interested in understanding what quality spirits are and how they were made and the history involved with Mm -hmm. it. And that's kind of where we come into play, where we're like, do you really want to hear about the history? (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to get to know this stuff? Because we can enlighten you, but it might get scary. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Halloween. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of fun. It is. It's it's fun to understand the different demographics of people, too, because you really just have to tailor it to that sure. to better understand what level of education you're going to bring them to.
0: Yeah, I mean, like some people are snobs, which has like a negative connotation, but there's also there is a sense of pride and joy that comes from like, I'm so intimately familiar with mm-hmm. uh, the, the sourcing of the food that I'm eating or what I'm drinking or the clothes that I'm wearing or the uh, local establishments that I go to or the who made this guitar that I play or something. And then there's other people, I guess the other end of the spectrum is there's people want to get fucked up
2: right and (laughs) sometimes i'm
0: sure that those people i'm drinking this uh mezcal right now it is absolutely delicious and i'm sure the person who just wants to get fucked up would also like it but you could also give them some like kroger level swill and they'd be like oh this is pretty good too
2: anytime the anytime that i hear fucked up i immediately think oh so when you think tequila you think shots and Mm. that's that's the sad disconnect right there because i am trying to reteach people that tequila is not meant to be taken as a shot sure i mean if you want to take certain brands that are well known to be put in shots yeah. because of you know their marketing schemes I think that's great and by all means go ahead and do it but if you actually want to enjoy quality spirits with tequila and mezcal involved yeah then you should probably sit down and help your palate learn a little bit more let that palate develop and mature to better figure out what you particularly like
0: sure yeah So Sarah and I are from the advertising world, and um, I've had the opportunity to work on quite a few different beer, wine, and spirit brands, and one of my favorite slash not-so-favorite experiences was I got a chance to pitch uh, Jagermeister, which is still at its core a family, a multi-generational family-owned business out of uh, Austria or Bavaria or something like that, but they distribute it and then license it. So like North America just has kind of a blanket agreement that like you give us a fucking storage container worth of Jaeger. And then they agree to certain things like we'll use your logo and, you know, we won't change your font, things like that. But when you look at the way that Jaeger is marketed in Europe versus the States, like Jaeger in the States is, wh- what's the drink that you think of when I say Jaeger?
1: Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. It's yeah. college. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And then
0: <laughs> they also do like they're, uh, in the last 10 years, they've been big on like they sponsor metal tours. so like Megadeth is going out on tour and it's like co-sponsored by uh, Jagermeister. So we get this opportunity to pitch Jager And even though we would be working on the North American component of it, it still needs to be approved by the family, the like core family in uh, Germany. So we do this pitch and what in any kind of marketing scenario, you want to express to your potential client in the same way that you're geeked the fuck out on your spirits is that we understand not only your history and your product, but also your demographic. And I, uh, you know, we've even seen this on things that we've worked on, but like, there's a big difference between the way that you want your audience to perceive you. And then the way that they do perceive you. So when we talked to Jagermeister, we showed them the, basically the virality that was associated with Jaeger. And at the time that we did it, that uh, my new haircut video was uh big, it was basically this like jacked uh, Jersey shore type dude. And it's at the beginning of it is like a fucking fucking protein shakes, bro. Got a new fucking haircut and a fucking skanks. And it's just, it's, it's a satire of the like prototypical alpha male frat guy that lives off of Jager bombs. And for a long time, Jager in and itself was, even if you wanted to do shots of Jager, it was just assumed that it comes with Red Bull. There's there's even a TED talk on this in the in the kind of societal phenomenon behind it. So we put all this together to prove to them that like we understand who your actual audience is. They took such offense to this. These are guys who think that 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 um, anyone, let alone Americans, are in like silk smoking robes <laughs> sitting next to a fire having Jaeger in like a Swifter and and uh, discussing geopolitical movements and uh, they were so taken aback by the fact that we would shit on their brand Oh yeah, like this and we did not win the business. Well, I mean,
2: and it's one of the things that you've identified what is the obvious, you know, you have helped them understand that this is something that is already prevalent. You as a base consumer, this is what you see and this is what you interpret it. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, that's telling. And I feel like that was a good thing. And you need to, people need to realize that if you're going to have in what I can't necessarily call and label Jaeger under, but I would identify a certain category spirit as the. Sorry. Who uh, (laughs) the the resident dog is trying to get in? All right. Sorry.
0: Continue.
2: (laughs) No, I think that, I think that that's very telling. And it's, it's truthful because uh, Americans have a way of skewing into their own. They they personify things into their own way and they make it this new trend and they market it into a totally different direction that. The owners of the brand may not necessarily appreciate or sure. enjoy, and that's yep. completely understandable. Mm-hmm. But if they're trying to understand the consumers that are buying and and what's keeping their sales dollars so so strong, yeah. they're going to have to understand that that's what it is for sure. And and this is Jagerbombs, Jagerbombs, like exactly what <laughs> you were Jager saying, Jagerbombs. Jager yeah. Jager and and that's <laughs> sadly that that you can't. I know. Tell, I think I just made tell up a
0: word. stop drinking.
2: You can't. Jager.
0: So sometimes you need to embrace it. So the, mm-hmm. the reason that we got the opportunity to pitch Jagger is that the agency I was at had Corona. Corona is what, what piece of fruit is Corona synonymous with? Limes. A lot. Lime. Yeah. So early on, like in the sixties or seventies, when, when Corona was getting launched, that was not the pairing. And in the surfer community in California, they started putting limes first. There's just so many limes out there, but also Corona's not the most flavorful beer. And it became just the, the Jagger and Red Bull, um, hand and glove type thing. Like people just assumed because it happened enough that if you order a Corona, you get a lime Corona initially was like, fuck you. Like our beer is so great. It does not need so much so that they lobbied against the lime industry to block um, shipments of limes into California to try to curb this from happening. And eventually they got leadership. They're like, dude, this is, this is it. This is our thing. We didn't plan it. We didn't want it, but this is how people have embraced it. So now you lean into it. Now it's in every single marketing thing and it's just, it's, yeah, so.
1: And now it's Limes and Snoop Dogg, so. (laughs) Actually, I had this conversation about a week ago about how even like musicians don't always get to pick their audience, like, you know, in their head when they're, some musicians, like when they're creating this, you know, this great album, this great song, they have like, they think it's gonna be like fellow punk rockers or like whoever it's gonna be. The example that came up was Smashing Pumpkins, like they didn't expect to be like the frat bro, like album at oh, some sure. point. And like, they yeah, thought yeah. they were gonna be like much hip, much more hip than that. And like, they ended up being like the frat bro anthem for a minute. And Which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you can Because you, know, you can pull
0: one song from an, so uh, yeah, totally. Melancholy and the Infinite yeah. Sadness is the super epic double album that they do. And it has these incredible songs in it. It has a, a story arc and it's amazing artwork and everything. But you take one song, yeah, totally. like zero and yeah, you get dudes be like, yeah man, I fucking bench pressed in this fucking <laughs> yeah. song. I loved pumpkins. So yeah, that's interesting. I want to get to New Orleans because yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I just, I want to ask you t- just to wrap up your story. Yeah. Um, what general area of Austin did you land in? How long have you been here and how are you liking it so far?
2: Oh, uh, okay. So I don't really know what area. I guess it would be south of the river. We're cool. practically neighbors. neighbors. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Love this. Gotcha. We'll have to exchange sugar sometime. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that but didn't it mean matter, what our, you our, think it means. Our,
0: <laughs> <laughs> How much like searching did you do before landing on a place?
2: Actually, it's taken me months because I was planning to move pre-COVID, and because of COVID, I had to push it back at least three months.
0: Happy to have you in Austin. Looking forward to uh, sharing. Sugar. (laughs) Uh, Sarah, let's talk about you. I'm curious. um, So we we met each other through work, essentially. We both do something similar independently. We help out agencies, and sometimes those agencies bring in third-party vendors to do things that they either can't do or don't have the bandwidth for. And you and I just ended up basically getting pulled in by the same agency and met because of that. And I think this is only the second time that I've seen you, right? Yeah,
1: actually, we met this next weekend last year because it was the week before Halloween because oh we, we, we had this ridiculous night We had this huge group night out. That, that makes was... me
0: uncomfortable <laughs> just thinking that that much amount of time. This whole year has just been this like, weird fog type thing. But yes, yeah. so that is, I, uh, it's, you and I had an interesting experience in terms of that. Like we met under very professional circumstances and a lot of like first impression type stuff too. Oh, right, yeah. We're both representing ourselves independently as uh, third party vendors, strategists, whatever. We want to make a good impression on the agency that hires us. And then they bring us to their client, which we also, we basically carried that whole thing. It was our job to pitch <laughs> on behalf of this agency. But then also in that same weekend, we got to go out and have a fucking great time. And you took me and my friend to preservation hall and yeah, we was it was for Halloween, and yeah, at like um, a
1: burlesque cabaret show. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that I, was yeah. fantastic!
0: What, what's what is the performer's name?
1: Oh, uh, her name is Boyfriend.
0: Boyfriend, I loved that. Everything about that was so cool. Uh, I love for people who are not familiar. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about Preservation Hall?
1: Yeah, so Preservation Hall is a music venue in New Orleans. It's been around since the um, 1960s, early 1960s. Family-owned, second generation. Um, typically, it's a jazz venue. Um, so real
0: quick on the history, though, I, if I understand correctly, it was a white-owned business, and they were one of the first that they were all about integration. And they received some serious pushback, but they were right, they were pushing forward. Totally. To yeah.
1: yeah, it started off as an art gallery, actually. Um and then Sandra and Ben Jaffe, when they um they came to New Orleans on part of their honeymoon, you know, in the sixties, I guess. Mm. And they saw it, thought it was cool, went back to where they um where they lived up north and then packed their bags, moved to New Orleans and ended up purchasing this space and turned it into um turned it into a music venue. And so they, you know, Alan Jaffe was one of the first, you know, he was a white musician playing with a lot of like black musicians in New Orleans in the sixties, you know, Jim Crow era. It wasn't as traditional. New Orleans has kind of been an Island all along. Like everything has been a little untraditional in the the town um, since its inception. Um, So yeah, the space is really cool. And it's kind of like a a Mecca for New Orleans artists and and New Orleans musicians and people from around the world who like music or jet and or jazz to come uh, listen to a show. So we had the night that you came and joined me was kind of an untraditional thing. Around Halloween, they put on a three-part cabaret series um, with this musician boyfriend, who's a female rapper in New Orleans. Um, It's
0: gonna be like a URL at the bottom. Totally, it's fucking awesome. She's so so cool. cool.
1: So, um, you know, Dave and I had never met in person. And so, you know, invited him to the show, sent him a link, not, you know, couldn't pick up the vibe, thought it might be a little obscure. Um, So I remember very vividly you asking, so, we have to be in costume. Like on a scale from 1 to 10, how costumed are we getting? And I was like, mm, "Like an 8." Like we're because really. Because some people go yeah. hardcore with oh, yeah. this. Leven.
0: And like super like custom-made shit. They probably oh, yeah. work with your tailor, I'm sure. They bring it <laughs> uh but other people like, "Oh, I bought something out of Sarah a fucking Forman. plastic bag. A sexy nurse, 20 bucks or whatever." And like, I love. I am not like super artistically or like statically minded. I couldn't put together some sort of like amazing thing, but I I'm down to invest in it, like if there's an opportunity for Oh, yeah, purposes. be our
1: friend. Mm, it is it. going to be great. Just, yeah. <laughs> so I remember, I remember
0: you did. You gave, me, you gave me a huge list of things <laughs> that ran the, the gamut of like very conservative, like this is a great brunch place and you get a lot of sunshine to like get fucked up at this cool weird cabaret show. You know, show. it's so, what I do. What yeah, are you? And I, I, I loved it. I thought it was so great. Not only the music itself, but Going into that venue, which is essentially like a time capsule. Oh yeah, right there. I mean, essentially, there's still no.
1: Um, it's all acoustic music for the most part on traditional shows. Um, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll be open again soon.
0: <laughs> Foo Fighters did the show on HBO called Sonic Highways, where they go to eight different cities. They dive into the music history of that city. They talk to living musicians from every conceivable um, genre of music, both you know, classic to current, and then they they record a song in a famous studio in that city and then the lyrics of each song is based solely on the interviews that occurred before recording that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foo Fighters is my favorite band. This album is tremendous. But one of my favorite episode is New Orleans mm-hmm. and they end up recording at Preservation Hall and that I've always it's, it's in the quarter.
2: Oh yeah. But it's it mm-hmm. does Saint Peter Street. Yeah, yeah,
0: so it but it's not while there is a demand and there is line for shows, it's just it's, you don't notice it as much as you do the other I'm jangling with shiny object over here kind of thing, but I've always wanted to do it. The people I've been with have not wanted to like wait in line or whatever. So you take me there was the first time I went there, but I've always wanted to go since then. And it was so fucking cool. Just even being there, but then the show itself is fully immersive. Like the for the third act of it, I'm literally sitting pretzel style,
1: getting money thrown at you, getting money, money. (laughs) and
0: then there's like a sex scene. Like I could have touched him. It was it was fucking. It was so good.
1: I remember again. I remember very well standing outside with a friend of mine waiting for you to come up, and you had you had someone with you also. Um, and I remember being in like a coat and like. What like Liza Minnelli and Cabaret would be wearing, like a tiny little outfit. And I was like, "This is kind of a professional meeting, but like we're gonna." But see we how already this got goes. business out of the way, right? <laughs> yeah. We
0: did our pitch or whatever. I was and like, then, "Well,
1: you know, we'll see." No, how but I, goes.
0: I, I think that that spoke volumes about you, that <laughs> oh, your good. ability to to have that kind of juxtaposition of of professional and and <laughs> I, wonder, I don't want to say unprofessional, but just like you live your life. And so that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Is I love New Orleans. I've I've been to the Quarter. <laughs> couple dozen times i've been to i've been to baton rouge and lake charles and some other places too but like it's my concern and it was when i moved here is that the, i'm gonna fall out of love with austin they're like ooh, these weekends are fun but now i've lived here for four years like this place it sucks south by southwest get the fuck out of here <laughs> does the does the allure of new orleans fade for you at all did do you find mardi gras to be a pain in the ass do you avoid the quarter like explain your current relationship with New Orleans.
1: Yeah, so I love it so much that, so my previous job was actually representing um, from public, a public relations standpoint, representing the city of New Orleans as a tourism destination for the world. And so awesome. I, my whole job was literally talking about New Orleans to the point where the N key on my keyboard at work had rubbed off, because <laughs> I was typing New Orleans so often, true story. So I, um, I love the city. I love the city, it's a great city. And I actually moved to the French Quarter um, in December to get even closer in it, but the thing that people don't understand as visitors is, when you come as visitors, it's it's living there is a much different experience. Like the way a visitor would do Mardi Gras, unless they know someone who can like bring them around, is very different than the way we do Mardi Gras and festivals and jazz fest and everyday life. You know, we get spoiled that we have live music seven nights a week. Probably Austin does too. I'm, I'm sure, but normal
0: circumstances, yeah, oh,
1: totally oh, same here. <laughs> um, but you know, it's. It's a um it's a big little city. The city's only about f- like 400 something thousands. With the things you were about. And- so
0: like a perfect example. Well, not only the burlesque show, but then mm-hmm. you took me to a really great place after. Um what was what was that bar called that we went to?
1: I think Black Penny. Yeah, Black Penny. That's yeah. what it's called.
0: Do you is there something about like do you is there especially coming from a tourism background? Are there certain things you want to kind of keep? Totally. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there's there's a couple of little places that, that we keep really local, which, you know, unfortunately, New Orleans has taken we a big hit. We have two million
0: daily viewers, so you just blew oh, totally. it for Black Penny. You know, <laughs> it's gonna, we're going to be selling Black Should Penny merch They specialize, merch they okay. specialize
1: yeah. in canned beers so <laughs> and shots of Jameson. No, it's So, yeah. No, there's, um, there's certain parts of it, you know, unfortunately this, the city's taken a kind of a crazy hit, of course, like everywhere else taken a hit during the last seven months or so. Um, but it's been one shining light is that it's been kind of nice to like walk around and like see your neighbors and get to know without 10 million tourists in town and to kind of get to, get to experience the city again, like with just the locals in there. So what's Um, Halloween going to be like? Oh my gosh! So we are still doing Halloween. Um, like there's only four of us. Still, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I live in the quarter, um, and I live on uh, Esplanade Burgundy, so on the edge, on the more residential side of the French Quarter. Um, and my neighbors and I are um, big costumers, as we, you know, as, yeah. as we met. No, you did so, it well. Um, you did it well. So we I, are I actually that. instead of going out for Halloween, um, she, she has a beautiful wraparound corner balcony, second story, like looking over uh, the French Quarter. And so we are actually going for the. Adam's family as a as a collective group. So I'm going to be Morticia, yeah. um, but we are getting like gung ho dressed to the nines. You're doing like hold on, you
0: doing like the whole crew. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. is, there's
1: there's six of us.
0: Is someone doing a thing? Is that the hand?
1: The hand? Yes, yes, yes. We have an it. Oh. Or, um, so no, no, is it? Is, isn't it the? It's yes, we, we have things. Okay. We have, so my friend is going to be Wednesday, uh, the girl who lives in the space, where, um, my neighbor. So she got a custom wig made at Fifi Mahoney's that has a big hand on top of it. So she has the oh, long oh, braids of Wednesday okay, gotcha. and the big gotcha. hand.
0: Gotcha. So. Cool.
1: Uh, but yeah, we're, you know, we're committed to costuming. Mardi Gras is still a TBD, but we'll uh, be doing something. We'll be covered in glitter one way or the other. <laughs> and <fuck so>. Yeah. And <laughs> you,
0: you share that commitment?
1: Absolutely. Love it.
0: Um, <laughs> when I was visiting, or not visiting, I came there for work, this really blew my mind like the uh, block from the airbnb that i was at there was this gigantic collapse of um i think it was the hard rock hotel which is so crazy to see it happen like in a city center you know it's not it's not like it can't something like that can't collapse without impacting everything around it in New Orleans and especially that quarter area, It's not gigantic. So it's
1: 12 by seven blocks. Yeah. And it shut down a
0: lot around it. And there were some pretty horrific circumstances of like people still being in there. And like, what is the, what's the current state on that?
1: Well, every New Orleans local is not real happy about it, but um, it's it's they're slowly starting to deconstruct it bit by bit. It was it a is, year ago. It it's really been a year, a year oh October, since October. Um, the challenge is, like you said, it's in a historic neighborhood, so it's surrounded by historic buildings, like centuries old buildings, and so it's they're trying to um, cause the least amount of destruction around it.
0: These are these people are entrepreneurial and they're passionate about their industry, and like they will land on their feet and they'll create something else that's great. But like, we want to give them a platform and this is just this fucking shitty time. That sucks that there's so many countries that are better equipped for, um, taking care of businesses. If that's like, I get that the airlines need to be taken care of and stuff like that, but also the Holy rollers and and the thread gills and stuff need to be, because that, that's more of a part of the fabric. No one from a Baltimore isn't like, yeah, we got a Southwest hub here. We're real proud of it. You know, like that's not, you know, we we get attached to these places that are getting shut down. And so we want to give them a platform and yeah, get them on there. So. There's
1: actually this incredible program that launched in New Orleans. Um, So there, in New Orleans, there's, um, every Mardi Gras parade has a crew that goes with it. It's K-R-E-W-E. And so it's essentially like members of um, every Mardi Gras parade. And so there's one in New Orleans. It's kind of like an avant-garde, like, artsy Bywater uh, crew called the Crew of Red Beans. And so um, we go to this, we, we go to their parade every year. And I so I dug into
0: both your social I feel like I saw yeah. a of you. You had kind of like a, I think it's called like cell shading, like that kind of, animation style we have like really stark dark lines yeah, on your face. You too, have to yeah. create
1: your costume with beans. Yeah. So it's like lentils <laughs> and black beans and whatever cuz okay. red beans is, you know, a big part of New Orleans culture. And so um they have shifted to be um, they launched this program called Feed the Feed the Second Line, I believe. Um so New Orleans has so many culture bearers like Mardi Gras Indian chiefs and um these old musicians that have, you know, multi-generational jazz players in New Orleans and um, all these historic icons that can't work right now um and so this organization this crew this volunteer crew um put together these programs that they're fundraising to bring groceries and help these folks with their bills and they're selling like cool merch created by new orleans artists to be able to um raise this money to like deliver groceries to these like i mean what is new orleans without our culture bears? like we need these old dudes and old ladies to like that have been around forever oh, to perpetuate this tradition and who is
0: that super cool woman that you showed me I'm totally blanking. But she you showed me that she was in this dress that was like a peacock. I mean, Mia X. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah she was like, she's, she's so badass. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she um, was one of the, like, hip-hop icons from, like, the 90s. Like, this hardcore, like, female rapper, like, really, really, really... Super badass, and so she's actually transitioned into. I mean, she's still a, a New Orleans icon, but she is also a wonderful chef. <laughs> and so she Ooh. has a cookbook that's out. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's all these in the cookbook. It's all these like quotes from her mom, like these life lessons from her mom and grandma that are like lessons for like New Orleans women that we need to that we need to know.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, and you see yourself staying.
1: I do. I you know I travel a lot, and every time I go somewhere else, I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to live here, like in New York or in LA or all these places. But after four or five days, I'm like, eh, it's cool to visit, but. It's too easy to come back. Like New Orleans gets in your bones, in like a funny way.
0: Did you have that concern about Austin or even Houston when you moved mm. there?
2: Well, when I first moved and I knew that I was relocating, and they asked me how I felt about relocating to Texas, I said, "Yeah, sure." And in my head, I was like, "Just not Houston, not Houston." They relocated me to Houston.
0: It just stereotypically. What did? You, what was Houston? Just in the worst way. Judge book by its cover. Why. What was Houston
2: in Louisiana? We stereotype Houston as. Very boring and and cookie cutter and just and I am going to hate to say this but white, um, but How like dear you know, <laughs> so weird. but but it, when I lived there I was there for about five years and and indeed I did say hey I, just, I talked you to have my you been
0: there the last five years before coming the here. last
2: five years yeah so the I stereotype I, is interesting to me. So, and that's why I, I did evolve and I've realized that each market in Texas is, is radically different from one another. And you can't stereotype them you know, as, as one big whole. Sure. And I've come to appreciate Houston because it is way, way more um, different ethnically. It's, it's so culturally different and it's, there's so much diversity, especially when it comes to food and culture and everything. However, it's still a concrete jungle. And yes. for me, I, I had to have that conversation to where it's like I need something that's closer, that hits closer to home. Yeah. If I have to stay in Texas, then I'm gonna have to move to Austin because it has a lot more of that music, those yeah. arts, all of that. When it comes to cultural diversity in Houston, I'm not touting Houston's diversity at all because it's actually glorious. But I came to appreciate that it took me over two years to make real friends there. And it's not gonna be the friends like I have with Sarah. Sarah, had,
0: had you ever lived anywhere else before? Actually, no so I I had not lived anywhere else before moving to Austin and I lived by myself and worked from home. So I feel your pain on that. But I also feel that like the thing that it's now it's been five years. And the thing that's kept me here is what I thought was my complete inability to make friends is that there's this community has embraced it. And I feel like there is some connective tissue of the fact that we're all kind of transplants, which kind of sucks from like a, in a lot of ways, Austin is super different from New Orleans in, in that it's been so not just even gentrified, but just there is so many people have willingly left Austin. And then there's kind of this like new Silicon Valley that's developing here that you just, there's such a, I think there's such a low percentage of like Austinites here that they're actually called unicorns that you're getting a very different experience. I think they're both similar sized and accessible in terms of like getting to the different pockets. And they, they're both somewhat unique. New Orleans is way more unique, but they're both cool. Kind of like standout places in America. But, uh, like, you and I already share a common thread because we're both transplants here. I don't know anyone, actually, that's that's from Mm -hmm. Austin. So, like, I think there's something really cool about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: I want both of you to answer without conferring with each other that what is the, without giving away your, like, hidey hole, like, the thing that you love and don't want to share with anyone. What should someone do, a tourist who comes to New Orleans, don't go to the quarter, do this what would that thing be?
1: Mm, don't look at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ready? Yeah, um, you, yeah. <laughs> so I, I love the quarter. Don't go to Bourbon Street. That's no, no, no. The no, no oh. don't,
0: don't go to the whole quarter. Don't go to the quarter. So outside okay. of the quarter.
1: Okay. It, quarter. Yeah. Um, head to, the, go to the Bywater. The Bywater's like this little, not little, it's this um, beautiful artsy community. Just, um, just I mean, you can walk there from the French Quarter. There's beautiful like, uh street art there's really wonderful restaurants it's a little more of like an artist um residence that lives there let's take it up the space um it's a super mixed community which is really beautiful um i mean it's like on the mississippi river there's a beautiful park like it's it's something that um unfortunately a lot of folks when they come to new orleans they kind of they think all they think is the french quarter and bourbon street and I they don't leave like a
0: ton yeah i think yeah people you amount can see it, yeah. the whole
1: french quarter in yeah. like two days so if you're here for a week you got to really get out of there yeah. and we have some really beautiful parks like city park in Mid City is. Super beautiful, and it's the actually nerd fact. It's the largest collection of live oak trees in North America. Fucking nerd. Right? Yeah. I know. Shut up. So it's it's really beautiful. It's like good green space. And we, for those who are
0: those are the like. Giant sprawling trees that you see in like Django Unchained or something like the those like, With like those moss like plantation like, yeah but like yeah. The, but these giant like house size
1: like four hundred year old trees. Yeah, yeah yeah super super yeah. cool
0: that was such a wonderful eloquent answer I really want you to be like go to the Dave and Buster's like, <laughs> by the
1: airport top, top right? never, yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: never. Metri no <laughs> <laughs> go to the Wank no I I honestly I was going to say the Bywater. But he took it. I t- Move yeah. On. So Get over I, like, it. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess it depends on your style as a person. You really have to identify yourself and accept it. If you like basic things and you might be considered what they call unquote unquote uh, basic bitch, mm-hmm. then maybe try uptown. Look at the midtown things. But but, but these are people who are coming to the
0: quarter to party.
2: So if they're coming to the corner of a party. So then- don't say
0: like a museum, although I know that there are great museums, including, what was it, the World War II yeah. museum? Yeah. But what, what's another area? It's not necessarily a party, but just like what's another area to go into like indulge?
2: Okay. Outside of
0: the
1: um, What's that? Oh, magazine street? I, so that's what I was thinking. I lived right
2: on the edge of uptown, more oh. or less, um, trickling into more of, the Garden District, and I think Which that I really there like. are some super funky places over there. You really, if you're going to party and you're trying to exclude the French Quarter oh. and downtown area, I'm still standing by Bywater. I think that that is that is the top. Um, but then definitely check out those outer circuit uptown dive bars that include the Saint and. Snake and Jake's.
0: Snake and Jake's? Whoa, you Sne-
2: went deep there. I went in a deep hole with Snake and Jake's. Is that somehow
0: connected to Jake the Snake, which <laughs> was a very popular wrestler <laughs> in the 90s, I believe? Yeah, I
1: can't confirm nor deny. Okay, um, appreciate that. That is... S- oh, you have to say it's full name the Snake <gasps> and Jake's Christmas Lounge yes oh, the, cri- how- the lounge yeah it's the Christmas Lounge not Club
0: really do not understand how you left that out but no, I'm glad <laughs> that we have that now so like year round there's a so, uh, I'm gonna blank on the fucking name and it'll be in the podcast I'll fucking put it down there's a place here that's tw- uh, 365 Christmas oh and I'm a bad Austinite for not knowing <laughs> this but yeah there's a We have one of those here. It's probably not as cool as Jake the Snake or Snake the Snake. Well, I mean, that
2: Snake and Jake's, if you go topless, girls.
0: Oh, is this supposed to be like Steak and Shake or Shake Steak?
2: (sighs) Oh, no. But there was this- topless? <laughs> Please, yeah, like, Please wait, continue. Wait, wait. Was like, you about. said topless. What did you mean? Yes, topless? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I think the general rule of thumb when you go to Snake and Jake's Christmas lounge is mm. that if you if you go topless as a woman, you get your drinks for free that this night. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And so something about if you get stabbed, drinks are free or something. Ooh, oh, yeah. Uh, nope. Like- so- <laughs> It's really shaky. <laughs> try not to get stabbed. That'd be cool. You can try, um,
0: but you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's the kind of bar that, um, you you don't know where it is when you're sober and somehow at two or three in the morning, you just end up there. <laughs> like an oasis
0: in yeah, the middle of the desert, and yeah. exactly. And yeah. then the
1: next day you're like, where the hell is that bar? <laughs> My car is there. I don't know where it is. It's you kind of You know what
2: though? I'd come to think of it if we were really looking for a good time and you want to dance and have some really good live music. La I mean, Le Bonton is, and I'm not trying to give away our local secret, but Le Bonton is one of my favorite spots to go and hide away and just have some really good times with my friends and completely enjoy the atmosphere. It's good music, good vibes, good people, always. And it, I mean if you disrupt that and the environment around you, then it would be known. (laughs) Yeah. Good to know. It's a great uptown spot right off of magazine. And I mean, it's, if it's a much smaller side of tipitinas, essentially much more intimate thing, but it is a beautiful, one of my most favorite spots to go to. Gotcha.
0: Question is, um, as, as white women, (laughs) how do you feel about like you're in a, basically like a cultural epicenter, a historical epicenter, something that is uniquely distinct to the United States. You know, I already have kind of a feel, like an assumption for you what the answer to this question is because of your participation in preservation hall and, and, and you, how you identify and kind of represent as a member of the community, but just both you and even just like your, your cool friends that were here before, like you just group of white people. I'm white, whatever, like, what is it like specifically in a place like that, that really identifies to like Creole culture? And, it's, and I think it's just more connected to like the jazz community, African-Americans it's old, like that's not the same as Austin. Like how do you feel existing in that kind of identity and how do you coexist? How do you contribute? How do you, you know, work with your privilege, whatever? Like, how does that work for you guys? In new Orleans? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a great question. So, um, I'm really good at questions. I know. Oh, so, <laughs> New Orleans historically, I mentioned earlier, has is kind of an has kind of always been an island. Like New Orleans has, um, in our three hundred year history, has had you know women owning property before most of America has had um, oh, free, cool. free people of color before most people has had. Um, it, it's just been a little bit more um, open and a little bit more of a melting pot. Um, and again, I before, think that pres-
0: the pre- preservation example is really good. Totally,
1: too. Totally, yeah. Like um,
0: pushing to be like fuck. Fuck what everyone else around us is saying. Like, this is what we're doing. We know that. Because, yeah. you
1: know, screw what you look like. Like, we're creating music. Yep. That's what we're yeah. doing. Yep. And, Art's um, art, Yeah. yeah. A and yep. and um, something that's really interesting in New Orleans is um, we talk about Creole and Cajun food. It's actually just Creole food that's from New Orleans. Um, Cajun yeah. food is from the rest of Louisiana, from Acadiana, from um, Cajun country. Oh. A little bit more. Uh, get it. Um, right. Hour or two out. Um, so New Orleans is really, it's Creole food. And um, New Orleans has a lot of. But,
0: but is that culture not in New Orleans?
1: It's, you know, it's, it's a little bit more of like historically like the hunter trapper, uh, actually can, uh, French Canadians that came down and settles uh, more of the land outside of uh, New Orleans. Gotcha. New Orleans just celebrated its tricentennial two years ago in 2018. And so as a 300 year old city, you know, of course, history is really deep. Like we it's, it's known all over the world. Um, it's been French, Spanish, French again. And now um, they have a Louisiana
0: purchase. I heard they used a Groupon. Can you confirm or deny
1: Um, I can't, but I will let you know. I saw it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. i I got emails about that. Um, But yeah, no, participating in it, you know, (laughs) I I have a lot of uh, diverse friends. People tend to be really respectful of of their elders in New Orleans, um, no matter what they look like, where they come from. Um, It's a really interesting city in terms of um, racial divide. Um, You know, it's not uncommon to be sitting at some dive bar that's, you know, cash only dive bar and, and it is a CEO and a low income, like blue collar worker next to, you know, a bartender next to a musician next to whoever. And you know, it's not, it's not uncommon for them to strike a conversation and to be really friendly with each other. There's that wall comes down a little bit more than I've seen in other cities, which I think is super cool. Like, you know, you can kind of be yourself a little bit more because everyone else is being themselves and it's a really special place. How does
0: New Orleans vote?
1: (laughs) New Orleans is a blue state in a city, in a sea of red <laughs> around Louisiana. Boston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I feel like we relate pretty yeah. well with that. Yeah. Okay. Food, music. absolutely. But, but as it relates <laughs>
0: to your personal experiences, and even just like when you're in high school and stuff, yeah. I guess it's more that when you live in the city, but like were you cognizant of these kind of these differences? I just feel like you. it was probably more in your face, especially with Katrina and whatnot, than other people our age had growing up.
1: Wait, say that one more time. So, so I'm just saying, like, you
0: You were probably more privy to racial divides oh, yeah. and uh, adversity and the difference between, even though you share a geographic area, that your life is very different than uh, members of the African-American community, mm-hmm. especially in, in a Katrina era type area that like, you know, someone growing up in like Bloomington, Indiana, wouldn't be I, as privy to. So, I mean,
2: I think. Living and being raised in the South in general, especially with the cusp of the general generational change that has happened recently. Mm. We've had the boomers and then now the millennials, they're all making very radical changes to what everybody has thought as a as a daily norm. Um, it's become a culture shock for a lot of the older ge- people. and it's it's something that they were not raised as understanding as okay. So it was a created and natural stereotype for the kids that they had. Created and 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 raised as their own, and and wanted to raise them in those same morals and beliefs. But you know, with time and the nature of it all, like we we didn't really we didn't feel that. I felt personally, yes, where we grew up on our in in our younger years um, during high school and whatnot, there was there was there was a bit of a disconnect. But then growing up and then living in New Orleans as an independent and on your own. And understanding the gumbo pot of people and the culture that is there, you really understand and appreciate the fact that New Orleans is exactly what it's always been. And it is just a port of people that are there. It's full of diversity yeah. and it's beautiful. Gotcha.
1: And in New Orleans, um, the neighborhood, the Treme, is actually the oldest African American neighborhood in the country. Um,
0: Great show as well.
1: I know, um, it's an occasion. Okay when you're from here, ah, you're no, like. She agreed with me, and I was like, actually, no fuck. I it. thought about it and was like, mm, "I'm gonna you. stand my ground." <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a it's a pretty good. They told the story. Right? They They're told trying. a good story. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, having, having that neighborhood um, in the city is a good representation of of the city. and
0: Love it. I have a similar question, not a similar question, much more fluffier question. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to end on. So I know two places that each of you have gone to, and I'm just curious about which you prefer and why. Let's do like a quick 30-second answer, uh, and then we're going to wrap it up. So... Thailand and Singapore, what's better and why?
2: Stop it. No. What? What's different between Thailand and Singapore? No, no, no Singapore? what's better?
0: Like, what did, what, what did you like better between traveling to Singapore and Thailand and why?
2: Oh that man. Okay, well I like each country for their own. I'm gonna start with that. Okay. I always will. Um Singapore is like the most perfect Disneyland slash Disney World you could ever imagine, and the safest place ever. Don't chew gum nor yeah. get an Airbnb. Um, Thailand, the nicest people ever. Mm-hmm. And be prepared to enjoy some spice. But also don't be scared to swim in the sea in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Don't worry, there might not be sharks. There might be sharks. (laughs) Uh, Just trust the locals.
0: And you went to Phuket, right?
2: Phuket, yeah, yeah, I did, I did, yeah, it, it was fun, it was okay, it was touristy, honestly. That is, is the more. Touristy I, I, room. Wouldn't pref- I wouldn't, I wouldn't do Chi it Mai again.
0: in the north is is really the place to go with all the temples. You know, areas. and I
2: went straight across the peninsula and went to Kanom and Suratani, mm-hmm. and that is what I really enjoyed. I went to this little place called Jambay, and the guy who owns this this piece of property with all of these little cabanas he's a film producer the coolest guy i have ever met and honestly the community of people Sorry. there besides you of course i mean thirty. come on don't he's worry That's inflammatory always, statements. all of these discussions exclude you and don't worry
0: appreciate it appreciate it
2: um but yeah so it was it's just the most welcoming group of people that i've ever met and i will a thousand percent go many more times in my life so thailand thailand okay
0: as in, that's your answer: Thailand or Singapore? Thailand. You have Thailand. to choose. Them. Okay, Cuba or Peru?
1: Cuba forever.
0: Oh wow! Immediately, yeah. didn't you? I mean, no fucking, I'm like waiting, cool, waiting right?
1: till we can go back. It is cool. Um Actually, to come full circle, I went with Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Oh, that's They, right. were, yeah, yeah. they were performing at the Havana Jazz Festival. Um, it was my first time going. Man, Havana it was cool. Is so cool. Oh, it's, it was yeah. so cool. I can't wait to go back. Met some really cool people there. Learned that music wasn't as easy to find as I thought. Like, not like in a touristy place yeah, but like yeah. underground like local mm-hmm. music. Yeah. So one of the best nights we had was at like it was like a community center in the basement and it was like 16 year olds and 60 year olds all dancing. Turns oh. out I can't dance. Um but it was awesome. <laughs> uh yeah, we're we're actually looking to go back. Um I wanna go back for their kind of all.
0: So fuck Peru is what you're saying.
1: Peru is cool. Fuck Peru. <laughs> Cuba like lim- like any, any day.
0: Gotcha. Well, the three of us will go to Peru and we'll do ayahuasca and we'll do a new episode. Totally. We'll it Sold. There. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for being on. I really thank appreciate you. it. Welcome to Austin. Thank you. Look forward to getting to know each other and yeah. just kind of like share our Austin experiences. <laughs> Sharing the sugar. So good to have you here. I know. Again, only the second time <laughs> we've hung up, but it's cool that like I've seen you in your home and now you see me, me totally. in my home. And um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate Thanks.
2: it. Thanks. Thank you. All right.
0: You have to clap.
2: You have
0: to clap. I have to peace.